Proverbs chapter 3 tonight. Probably after John 3.16, this is probably the most quoted and memorized verse, or one of the most quoted and memorized verses of the Bible. And so it won't be new to you perhaps, but I want uh, to study uh, the verses that follow verse 5 uh, because they are for us a formula for trusting God. And I want to speak tonight about trusting God fully. Everyone say fully. Vamos a hablar esta noche sobre confiar en Dios completamente, totalmente. The Lord has been dealing with us on this topic of trusting Him. And I believe that there are great things ahead for the church. And great things ahead for the body of Christ as a whole, but for you in particular. And, and if God is calling you to trust Him, if He's telling you to trust Him, I believe that's because there's something He's going to do in the days to come, in the weeks to come, that will require that trust. I also believe that is because full trust and confidence in God is a prerequisite for being able to experience the best of God in our life. Confiar en Dios completamente es un requisito, requisito para poder disfrutar la plenitud de la bendición de Dios en nuestra vida. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. I want to speak tonight on trusting God fully. Father, we thank you once again for your word. It is living and powerful, and it is alive in our hearts tonight. I ask that you would speak to us by the power of your word and allow those who have gathered here and those online to be able to rejoice in the hearing of your word and practicing it in their life. I ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. I'm going to uh, go with you, go through these verses with you tonight. So I'm going to ask you to keep your Bible open, but keep your notebook and pencil handy because there are some important truths from the word of God that we're going to glean from these verses. Now I mentioned to you that we often hear verse 5 and, and verse 6 quoted. And this is a good uh, set of verses to quote. But the, the whole thought about trusting God doesn't end on verse 6. But it goes all the way down to verse 12. And so I want to explore that with you tonight. Uh, la parte que mayormente se cita y se memoriza es la parte uh, número, uh, el capítulo 3, verso 5 y 6 de Proverbios. Uh, de la confianza en Dios, pero... El pensamiento completo sigue hasta el verso 12. 
Así que vamos a estudiar la totalidad de esto esta noche para que podamos aprender cuál es la fórmula de completa confianza en Dios. Now there are two parts to this message. Hay dos partes a este mensaje. The first part is seven things that are basically the proof that we are trusting God. Vamos a ver siete cosas que son la prueba o que comprueban que nosotros estamos confiando en Dios completamente. And then there are three benefits to trusting in God that I want to mention also. También vamos a ver tres beneficios de la confianza completa en Dios. So seven fact, or seven proofs of our trust in God and then three benefits from trusting God. All of these are found right there in verse 5 through 12. Do you believe God wants you to trust him fully? Do you believe you can trust God fully? ¿Cuántos creen que Dios quiere que usted confíe en él completamente? ¿Y cuántos creen que Dios cree, quiere que usted confíe en Dios completamente? Él desea su confianza completa. Now let's read the verses that come before the passage we just read. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Now here you have Solomon. He's about to give some instructions on how to be a person that is well regarded by God and men. Aquí Salomón está para dar instrucciones de cómo poder ser una persona que tiene un buen nombre, un nombre bueno entre Dios y los hombres. Now, this might not seem that it's that important, but the Bible puts a great emphasis, a great premium on being a person with a good reputation. La Biblia pone un premio grande sobre ser una persona con un buen nombre. Now, I'm not talking about being famous, but I'm talking about being, uh, having a good reputation. No estoy hablando de ser una persona famosa, sino de ser una persona que tenga un buen nombre, que tenga una buena reputación. It might be that no more than three people know you, but they ought to know you to be a person with a good name, a good reputation, who does what you say you're going to do, who, who follows through with your word. And with your promises. Say amen somebody. Aunque usted no sea famoso, los que sí lo conocen deben saber que usted es persona de buen nombre y de buen carácter. And so uh, that's the setup that Solomon brings for, uh, he says, you do the things I'm about to tell you and you will be well regarded on earth and in heaven. Pablo, uh, perdón, Salomón le dice a su hijo, si usted hace las cosas que yo te voy a mandar a hacer aquí, vas a tener buen nombre en el cielo y en la tierra. Now listen, you and I need to have a good name on earth and in heaven. Usted y yo tenemos que tener buen testimonio en el cielo y en la tierra. It's, a, it's important for people on earth to know you as a person of integrity and character, but it's just as important and more important for God to know you. 
Uh, the Bible said there are some people that come to the Lord and they say, Lord, Lord. And he says to them, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. So being known by God is more important than being known by men. And being known by God as a person of faith in his son is the absolute most important thing in your whole life. Ser conocido por Dios es lo más importante. Y dice la escritura que hubo aquellos que vinieron y dijeron, Señor, Señor, uh, y él les dijo, apártense de mí, hacedores de iniquidad, no os conozco. Yo no quiero ser desconocido por Dios. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a stranger to God. I want God to know me when I call. Yo quiero que Dios me conozca. Say amen, somebody. How many of you want God to answer your call when you answer, when you call? You know what I'm talking about? If you have a person in your caller ID, when they call you, you know. That's my brother. That's my sister. That's my pastor. That's my wife. That's my husband that's calling. When you don't get their name up there, it's a random number. You say that could be a tax collector. That could be a bill collector. That could be somebody trying to sell me a scooter. I don't know if I want to answer that right now. I don't have time for that. And so I want to be a person who when God gets our call, he says, that's Kingsway Church calling me. They are known in heaven. Come on, somebody. You gotta, uh, you gotta be a known in heaven. And the way you can be known in heaven is by trusting God. He says then, uh, if you want to be known in, in heaven and known on the earth, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Si quieres que te conozcan en el cielo, entonces dice Salomón, confía en Dios con todo tu corazón. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for a heart that's completely His. Dice la Escritura que los ojos de Jehová miran sobre toda la tierra, buscan sobre toda la tierra, buscando un corazón que sea completamente de él. God is looking for people whose heart is totally his. Dios busca un pueblo cuyo corazón sea completamente de él. And when he finds it, when he finds that heart, that life, that life has his attention. Cuando Dios encuentra esa vida, ese corazón, su uh, esa vida, esa persona tiene la atención de Dios. God wants our full trust. Dios quiere nuestra nuestra uh, confianza completa. When he has our complete trust, we will have his complete attention. Cuando te, cuando tenemos a cuando damos a Dios total confianza, Dios nos da total atención. Is it sinking in? Trusting God is not a matter of ifs or maybes. It's not a matter of I'll trust God and that'll be good or I, if I don't, it'll be okay. It, trusting God is all or nothing. Confiar en Dios es, es algo que se trata de todo. God requires a complete devotion from the heart. Dios espera una devoción completa de nuestro corazón y 
Él es digno de eso. God is worthy of our complete, full trust. Dios es digno de nuestra confianza completa. Has he proven that in your life? Lo ha probado Dios en tu vida que él es digno de una completa confianza en él. So let's look at these seven, uh, seven proofs of trusting God fully. Aquí están siete pruebas de confiar en Dios completamente. Number one, trusting God means that we trust him with all our heart. Confiar en Dios es algo que hacemos con, con todo nuestro corazón. And this implies that we have given him our confidence in every area of our life. Eso habla de poner nuestra confianza en Dios en todas las áreas de nuestra vida. The word all there can be translated everything. La palabra todo ahí Puede ser, uh, trans, uh, uh, puede ser uh, la palabra todo, no relacionado solamente a un aspecto uh, espiritual, pero la totalidad de todas las cosas. Everything. Say everything. That means breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Everything. That means buying a house, buying a car, finding a college, choosing a spouse. Say everything. Confiar en Dios requiere que, uh, que usted y yo confiemos en Él en todo. En nuestro almuerzo, se, eh, comida y cena. En buscar casa, carro, trabajo, colegio, uh, esposo, esposa. Buscar a Dios, confiar en Él para todas las cosas que necesitamos. And you know, in America, we have it so easy. Our nation is so blessed, so prosperous, I should say, that we, we don't necessarily have to trust God to get the things we want. And so, a lot of times, we just, we just say we trust God, but really, we're trusting our job, our paycheck, our bank account, our 401k. Our investments. A veces porque este país es tan próspero, hablamos de que confiamos en Dios, pero la realidad es que confiamos en nuestro banco, en nuestro trabajo, nuestro empleo, confiamos en las cosas que tenemos. And so, if we want to buy something, we don't even think about, let me ask God first. Because I can afford this car. I can afford this house. Si queremos comprar casa o carro, no. Preguntamos a Dios primero. ¿Por qué? Porque yo lo puedo hacer. But the proof of trusting God fully is that we trust Him in everything. That we are looking to be led by Him in every aspect of our life. Understanding that it's all or nothing. That He demands that we trust Him in everything. In every aspect of our life. And so when you when you live like that, cuando usted y yo vivimos de esa manera, we are we are letting God know that our dependence is not on the job or the paycheck or the 401k, but our dependence is on him. Cuando hacemos eso, hacemos entender 
que usted y yo dependemos no del trabajo, no del banco, no del dinero, sino que dependemos de Dios. Que Él es nuestro recurso. That, that you and I make an acknowledgement that God is the source of everything for our life. Entendemos que Dios es la fuente de todas las cosas en nuestra vida. Say it tonight, God is my source. And we have to be cautious of this. Tenemos que ser conscientes de esto porque vivimos en una nación tan próspera. Because we live in such a prosperous nation, we have to be cautious not to think that we're trusting God when we're actually trusting in the things that we have and can obtain by ourselves. Es importante ser consciente de esto because although you and I might notice it, God does. We may not notice it, but God does. A lo mejor usted y yo no lo notamos, pero Dios sí lo nota. And God requires full dependence upon Him. Dios requiere una dependencia completa de Él. I've spoken to this a few times with the Lord. He hablado de esto muchas veces con el Señor. And I don't, I don't, I don't go around, I don't go around asking God for problems. Yo no uh, voy buscando problemas ni pidiéndole a Dios problemas. I don't recommend that you do that either. Tampoco lo recomiendo. Uh, pero, uh, uh, pero sí he tenido esta plática con el Señor. I have had this talk with the Lord. And I've just said, Lord, when I was in the mission field, I had to depend on you week by week for the things that I needed. And I just want to make sure that I am depending on you still week by week, even though my resources or my, my provision is different than it was in that time. I want my faith to be the same. I want my confidence in you to be the same. And so he'll check me from time to time because I want to be sure that just because things are different, And that just because resources are different now than they were when I was on the mission field, that I'm still trusting God in everything. Esta es la plática que yo he tenido con el Señor. Señor, cuando yo era misionero, yo dependía de ti para todo. Cada semana, para todo. Ahora las cosas son diferentes, mis recursos son diferentes, pero quiero que mi fe sea igual. I'll give you a little example of what I meant. When I was a missionary, I lived week to week, meaning that uh, whatever money I received that week, that was my money. For the, uh, for the week, I didn't, make, uh, I didn't have a set salary. I didn't know how much uh, the Lord would provide, but he always provided. And there were days when I didn't have uh, very much at all. Hubo días cuando yo no tenía mucho, y yo tenía que depender de Dios. For la comida, some days I had to depend on God for the meal for that day. And, and I had made a commitment to God when I went into full-time ministry. Cuando yo entré al ministerio de tiempo completo, I told the Lord, Lord, I will never ask a pastor for the pulpit. Le dije, Señor, jamás voy a pedir el púlpito a un pastor. Because there are some preachers that will call up a pastor and say, hey, can I be in your, can I preach at your church this Sunday? And they'll fill up their schedule that way. I said, Lord, I'll never call up a pastor. If I'm going to preach anywhere, you'll open the door. And if I don't have to preach anywhere, you won't open the door. Number two, I'll never ask for money 
for myself. Número dos, jamás voy a pedir dinero para mí mismo. That meant if I was invited to a church, whether it was on the other side of town or the other, another state or even another country, I was not going to make any financial requirement for my coming. I wouldn't say, well, I'll come if you buy my airplane ticket and give me a hotel and provide all my meals and I need some uh, red M&Ms on the, on the table when I get into the hotel room too. And none of that. It was just going to be, yes, I'll come and God will provide the resources. Well, under those terms, some day, some weeks, I didn't have lunch. I don't mean I didn't have lunch. I mean, I didn't have I didn't have any resources for lunch. And so I would have to pray for lunch. And I had a mother and father live seven blocks away and they could have easily provided me with a loan. But I had made a commitment to God. I will not ask anyone for money. Are you understanding? And so I had to pray about it. I had to ask God for it. And there was one day... When I either had enough money for lunch or for labels to send out my newsletter, I chose to send out the labels, and then I was I was upset about it uh, because I didn't have any money for church's fried chicken. And so there, I happened to be at Walmart, and I heard a little old lady call out to me. She said, Brother Isaac, and I turned around, and I said, now, yes, ma'am, God bless you. I didn't know who she was. She said, I've been looking for you. And she gave me $20. That'll buy some fried chicken. Now, it sounds like a testimony, but it was a setup for a correction. Are you with me? So when you live like that, I, I, I lived under those terms. I still live under those terms. I never invite myself to preach anywhere, and I don't ask anyone for money when I travel or for any any ministry purpose. But... Things are different now because I'm the pastor of Kingsway Church. And Kingsway Church takes good care of me. That meant somebody. But you see now, it's easy to just depend on Kingsway Church. And God wants you to depend on him fully. Because if your, if your stream of, of, of income dries up, you still have a resource. Does that mean somebody? God is saying, the proof of your trust is that you trust me in everything. Number two. He says, do not lean on your own understanding. Here's proof number two. When we're trusting God fully, we do not lean upon our own understanding. We shun self-reliance. Número dos, cuando estamos confiando en Dios completamente, no dependemos de nuestro propio entendimiento. Now, there are a lot of things uh, that you and I can learn and should learn. Hay muchas cosas que usted y yo debemos aprender. And I believe in education. Yo creo en la educación. Yo creo en in aprender, I believe in learning. If we didn't believe in learning, we wouldn't have Bible study. And when your kids graduate from high school, we wouldn't bring them up to the altar and celebrate their graduation. We believe in learning. We believe in education. 
I wish that every child in this church would go to college if God so desired it and that they would get a doctorate degree too. Now, so I don't have any problems with education. But God, neither does God. Because God instructs us to grow, to mature, to, to study, to show ourselves an approved, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. Here's the problem. Is that we, we can get so smart that we get too smart for God. And God says, I, if you're going to trust me fully, the proof of your trust will be that you don't trust in what you know. La prueba de nuestra confianza completa en Dios, número dos, es que no confiamos en lo que sabemos o en nuestra educación. Now this, this could be a college education, it could be high school education, but it could just be life experience. Puede ser la educación en secundaria o la universidad, pero también puede ser el entendimiento que viene a través de nuestra vida, de las experiencias de nuestra vida. And you know that life will teach you a lot of lessons. But we don't always learn the right lessons from life. La vida nos enseña muchas cosas, pero a veces no aprendemos la cosa correcta. And this is, this is very important that you and I learn to trust God in everything and not lean on our own wisdom, our own understanding, our own experience for several reasons. First of all, the way uh, or your experience on this particular matter last time does not necessarily mean that that's how God's going to work this time. So if the next time I'm needing lunch as a missionary, I just go stand in Walmart. Because I get it now. I understand now. No, that's not what it means. To, to trust God means you always come to Him for understanding. Even if you've done this seven times, you don't take for granted that you now know how this works. But instead you come to Him for understanding, for direction, for clarity as to what he wants you to do on this particular area of your life. Can you give me Proverbs 28, verse 26, please? Proverbios 28, verso 26, aquí nos dice sobre este pensamiento tan importante. It speaks here on this important thought. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. You, the second reason you can't trust your own understanding is because our hearts are corrupt. No podemos confiar en nuestra propia, nuestro propio entendimiento porque nuestro corazón está a veces corrompido. If you were wounded by somebody and then you now think that you can't trust anybody. Your own understanding has been corrupted. Your heart's been corrupted by the hurt and the wound of that person. And the Bible speaks about that kind of wisdom. And this kind of wisdom comes from our experiences. It also comes from another place. Uh, if you can go to James chapter 3, verse 15. La Biblia habla de esta sabiduría que viene del corazón del hombre. También viene de otro lugar que voy a mencionar aquí. Uh, let's do James chapter 3, verse 14. Uh, Santiago capítulo 3, verso 14. 
It says, but if any of you have bitter jealousy or selfish ambition, where? In your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. For this wisdom is not that which comes from above, but it is earthly, natural, and demonic. Say, "Uh uh-oh. Listen, there are a lot of things you can learn from life. And that, that can make you bitter. It can make you jealous. It can make you envious. And you've heard things like this. All men are dogs. You haven't heard that. Because somebody hurt somebody and now everybody is the same way. All preachers are crooks. All churches are out for your money. All those people that go to church on Sunday are hypocrites. These are all lies that have raised themselves up as truth in somebody's heart. And James tells us where they come from. He says, this wisdom is not from above. Hay alguna sabiduría en el mundo que dice que todos los miembros de las iglesias son hipócritas. Todos los predicadores son ladrones. Todos los hombres son igual. ¿Por qué? Porque alguien tuvo una experiencia, la experiencia ahora la formaron en una verdad y eso es para todos. Y Santiago dice, esto no viene de arriba. Esta, listen, this is the best man can do on his own. Esta es la mejor sabiduría que el hombre puede uh, producir de sí mismo. And he says, it's earthly. That means this wisdom comes from your earthly level. Este, esta sabiduría viene de lo terrenal. Viene de lo que usted puede ver aquí en la tierra. How many of you know there's a reality that's greater than the earthly? And then it says this is natural. There are, there are uh, two types of people, right? There's the natural man and the spiritual man. And the natural man and, the, and his, with his earthly perspective can only see so much. And so this wisdom is developed by our natural eye, part by our earthly eye, our natural mind. And he says there's an added component here. It is demonic. So you got to be careful that you don't have information that you consider true that's actually earthly, natural, and demonic. You say, Pastor, how could it, what, what do you mean by demonic? When, 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 there is a, when there is a wound that takes place, when there's a, an, a, a problem that takes place in someone's life, and they get earthly and natural, they get in their flesh, then the devil comes and he whispers in their ear. All men are dogs. All preachers are liars. All Christians are hypocrites. Now they're adding the demonic knowledge to their earthly knowledge. And they are lying against the truth. I know this is, this is heavy stuff. But w- what I'm talking to you about is this. When God says, don't lean on your own understanding... Because this is where our own understanding comes from. It comes from our earthly 
natural experience. And then you add to that the demonic, you have a whole world of trouble. You have a whole world of, of problems. Verse, uh, verse 16 says there, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there is disorder and every evil thing. Now listen, verse 17, but, everyone say but. The wisdom from above is pure and peaceful and gentle and reasonable, full of mercy and good fruit, unwavering without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make Aren't you glad there's a wisdom above our wisdom? Come on, somebody. There's a wisdom above our wisdom. There is a wisdom that's not earthly, it's heavenly, and it's not natural, it's spiritual. And this wisdom is pure. And and this wisdom is peaceful. And this wisdom is gentle. That's why when somebody insults you, but you're a believer filled with the Spirit, and instead of returning the insult with an insult, you bless them and you pray for them, you realize, wait a minute, I've got some insider information. There's a wisdom operating on the inside of me, but it didn't come from within me. It came from above me because it's the Spirit of God operating in my life. Say amen, somebody. Trusting God is proven by our not leaning on our own wisdom. Our own knowledge, our own experience, our own conclusions. But it's proven by saying, okay God, I learned all this, but let me get it off the table. And you teach me. How do you want me to respond to this opportunity? How do you want me to respond to this conflict? How do you want me to respond to this challenge in my life? And what do I learn from it? God is calling us to this type of trust. Say amen, somebody. Number three. Numero tres. It's found here in verse six. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Say, acknowledge him. Verso 6 está el número 3. En todos tus caminos, reconocer a Jehová. Reconocerlo a Él. What does this word acknowledge mean? The word acknowledge, you see it there in, in the word, is the word know. In all of your ways, know Him. En todos tus caminos, la palabra ahí es conócelo a Él. In other words, trusting God fully means that every way we take, we seek to know God's way. We seek to know God's will. We seek to know God's purpose. Eso quiere decir que en todos nuestros caminos tenemos el deseo de conocerlo a Él. Let's look at some passages of Scripture that talk about this. Numbers chapter 9, verse 20. Numbers capítulo 9, verso 20. We have here the people of Israel in the wilderness. Tenemos el pueblo de Israel en el desierto. What does it say? If, if sometimes the cloud remained a few days over the tabernacle. This is Israel in the wilderness. According to the command of the Lord, they remained camped. 
Then according to the command of the Lord, they set out. Go back to that verse again, please. What was it that moved the people? ¿Qué era lo que movía el pueblo? La nube. If the cloud stopped, they stopped. If the cloud moved, they moved. Amen, somebody. Let's read that together. According to the command of the Lord, they remained camped. And the next phrase, read it with me. Then according to the command of the Lord, they set out. What's our job? Our job is to know God. What does he want done right now? Does he want me to, to still be still or does he want me to move? ¿Qué quiere Dios de mí ahorita? En este, en este lugar, en este desafío, en esta oportunidad. O me muevo o estoy quieto. ¿Qué quiere Dios que yo haga? And you got to be very attentive to this. Because listen, he says, in all of your ways. That means you might see your brother running past you. And you think, well, I got to run too. And God doesn't care about you doing what your brother's doing. He wants you to know him in your ways. And understand, my brother, my Christian sister, they have a different path. They're on a different pace. There's a different objective over their life. I'm not running my race according to them. I have to listen to God. What does God want for me right now? And do that. Get to know God's plan and perspective in your life. Llegar a conocer a Dios y su plan para tu vida. The, the proof of trusting God fully is that we're looking to know what's God up to right now in my life. That's why you're in church tonight. That's why you're in church on Sunday morning. That's why you're listening to teaching throughout the week. That's why you're reading your Bible. That's why you're in prayer. Why? You want to know God. I want to know what God is doing in my life. What God is doing in this situation in my life. How do you know Him? You know Him by prayer. ¿Cómo lo vas a conocer? Lo vas a conocer a través de la oración. A través de buscarlo a Él. Through seeking Him. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Filipenses capítulo 4, verso 6. The Bible there gives us this grand promise. Aquí tenemos esta promesa. Filipenses, Filipenses capítulo 4, verso 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything... By what? By panic? No, by what? By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7, please. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How do I get to know what God is up to in my life, what God wants me to do in my life? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. And what happens? The peace of God, that's beyond human comprehension, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that a good promise? 
Here's another promise. James chapter 1, verse 5. Otra promesa aquí. Santiago 1, verso 5. If any man lacks wisdom, let him what? Let him ask of God who gives to all how? Well, he doesn't give to me generously. He just gives to Pastor Isaac generously. No, he gives to who? All generously and without reproach. You know what that means? When you when God gives you something, he doesn't say, remember what I gave you last week? You owe me. He doesn't reproach you when he gives you what you asked for. Because he doesn't miss what he gave you. Say amen, somebody. Somebody gave you five bucks and they miss it. And they reproach you for it. But God doesn't miss what he gave us. Because he's the all-sufficient source. He says, if you lack wisdom, ask of me. I'll give it generously and without reproach. And it's going to be given unto you. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. En todos tus caminos, conoce a Dios. Reconoce a Dios. We do a lot of things that maybe seem symbolic or that seem ritualistic or traditional, but they're not, they're not insignificant. For instance, we have a Thanksgiving day in our nation. It's a tradition, but it's a very important tradition for our nation to stop every year and say to God, thank you. We're acknowledging him. We have a presidential inauguration. We open with prayer. Our Congress begins their business with prayer. Our city councils begin their business with prayer. It used to be our football games in every high school in America would open with prayer. These are not insignificant things. We have a pledge of allegiance. It says one nation under God. Not an insignificant phrase. Parents bring their church, their, their babies to church and dedicate them to God. Not an insignificant act. What are we doing? We are saying, God, I'm acknowledging you on this path that I'm on right now. Because I've never been down this particular road before. I've never lived this day before. So I need you today. And when we acknowledge him, he says that he will give us what we request, what we ask for. And what we need. Say amen somebody. Here's the, here's the first benefit. And he will make your path straight. This, this, this is the first of the three benefits. And this is the benefit of success. How many of you want to be successful? ¿Cuántos quieren tener éxito? Ahí está el beneficio. Si usted hace estas cosas. Él dice. Él Hará derecho tu camino. Eso es hablando del éxito. That term, make your path straight, it means that God is going to turn your, your little trail into a highway. How many of you have driven the back roads? You notice the back roads have a lot of curves. They wind. Why? Because when they built them, they had to go on the property lines. So they go this way, and then this way, and then that way, and then that way. Because it's, it's, it's very limited. But you get out on the highway, and it's straight. 
and it's level. Now, I like to take the scenic route, but when I'm in a hurry, I need a highway. And when you and I are walking with God, and we are trusting Him fully, one of the benefits are that He will put you on a highway. Say amen, somebody. Because you're going to have success. You're going to see Him bringing success into your life. So if you are you're looking at your life and you're saying, man, I've been really successful this year. It's the fruit of having been walking in a trust with God. Say amen, somebody. If you want success, you've got to trust God. Acknowledge Him. And, and lean on His understanding and do so with all of your heart. Let's go on. Number four. Verse seven says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn from evil. Verso 7 dice, no seas sabio en tus propios ojos, teme a Jehová y aborrece el mal. Fully trusting God is proven by our rejection of evil or our turning away from evil. El que teme a Dios, perdón, el que confía en Dios va a rechazar lo malo. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 16 verse 6. Proverbios capítulo 16, verso 6. Now I'll mention this, that not only is trusting God evidenced in our life by turning from evil, but the turning away of evil is also proof of the fear of the Lord. El que rechaza el mal también da evidencia de que teme a Dios. By loving kindness and truth, iniquity is atoned for, and the fear of the Lord one, and by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. A través del temor de Dios, uno se guarda de lo malo. Now let's go to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. Ahora Proverbios capítulo 8, verso 13. Proverbs 8, 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth I hate. Now leave that up for me just a second. El temor a Dios es aborrecer lo malo. Now, when I talk about turning away from evil, we were thinking about murder, adultery, pornography, drug abuse, all of those things, right? But when, and that's true. You ought to turn away from that. But God includes in the list pride. And arrogance. And a, pervert, a perverted mouth. God says these things are evil. And I want you to turn away from them. And when you and I do that. We demonstrate that we trust God fully. You say pastor how is that a proof of me trusting God? And I'll tell you how. Because the world will tell you that in order to be a success. In business, you have to drink. In order to be a success in, in, in that world, you have to play by those rules. And many of our young people fall into that trap of thinking 
if I'm going to get anywhere in life, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to play by the same rules that my friends play by. And God says, if you're going to get anywhere at all, you better run from evil. And it says, God, I trust you enough to play by your rules. And to leave the consequences up to you. I remember one one friend in college inviting me to go to an event that I, I was not going to participate in. I told him, no, I said, I'm not going to that. He said, come on, Isaac, live a little. And I have lived a whole lot, and I have seen God bless my socks off, and it wasn't because I went their way. Come on, somebody. You have to know that doing it God's way is going to be better for you than doing it the world's way. And do like Joseph. When he was, when he was tempted by Potiphar's wife, she offered herself to him, and, and uh, she, she was a, a rich woman and a, a prosperous woman and a powerful woman. And when, when she threw herself at Joseph, he ran out of there. He wore the, the, the uh, sandals off that he was wearing. And God promoted him to being in, the, in, the, in charge of the nation of Egypt. Why? Because God knew that this man will run away from evil. Listen, God is a holy God and he demands holiness from his people. I got two amens. Maybe you didn't hear me. God is a holy God and he demands holiness from his people. And when people who try to uh, tell you that if you live in holiness, you're not living at all. Or that if you live in holiness, you're going to be, you're going to have a bored and sad existence. Prove them wrong. Walk with God. Say amen, somebody. All right, I'm out of time, and I'll give you one more benefit. Benefit number two. We'll finish this next week. Verse eight. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Here we have the benefit of health. El verso 8 nos da el segundo beneficio, que es el beneficio de la salud. Everyone say health. Listen, success isn't worth much if you don't have health to enjoy it. El éxito no vale mucho si no tienes la salud. God cares about your health. A Dios le interesa tu salud. Now, this verse uh, if you read in English, seems to be speaking only of physical health. But that, that second phrase uh, where it says refreshment to your bones, it's talking about your whole person, yourself. When you trust God fully, there will be a benefit in your life, and that benefit will be health in your body and health in your whole person. God Will, uh, will do in people's lives 
this extraordinary work of making them whole, of making them be able to have a smile in their, on their face and enjoy life through whatever adversity because they trust Him. And every person here has that, has access to that by trusting God. Listen, when you trust God, it's going to bring health to your life. Not just health to your body, but health to your mind. And health to your thoughts. How many of you want to have healthy thoughts? I don't mean you're thinking about celery sticks all day long, right? I don't mean you're thinking about energy, uh, you're, you're thinking about uh, salads and vegetables all day long. I mean, your thoughts are healthy. They're pure. You're not thinking about, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose my kids? Is my marriage going to fall apart? No, you have health in your thoughts. And then you have health in your relationships. And, and when you are, when you are in, in relationship with people and the Bible says offenses must come. There, if you're in, 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 if you live life at all around other people, somebody's going to offend you. Somebody's going to hurt your feelings. Somebody is going to make you mad. But when you have health, you have the ability to let it go and forgive and say, you know what? You hurt me. You wounded me, but you're not going to hold me captive. I'm going to move on. I'm going to be whole. Why? Because I trust God. Health to all your bones, to all your flesh. Health to your whole person. They did a study that, that demonstrated that Pentecostals are happier people. Say that somebody. Are there any happy people in here? Why? Because, because we have a, a lifestyle of relationship with the living God. We experience the Spirit of God working in our heart, working in our life. This produces health. It produces a good state of being. I wouldn't trade walking with God for anything. Seven, somebody. There is nothing in the world worth the trade. Because only God can give you a whole person, a whole mind, a whole body, a whole spirit. Es Dios el que da salud a todo nuestro cuerpo. Salud mental, salud física, salud en nuestras relaciones, salud en lo interior. El poder vivir En completa salud. And it doesn't mean we don't ever get sick. It doesn't mean we don't ever get wounded. It doesn't mean that we don't ever get hurt. It means that when we are sick, we get healed. When we are wounded, we are restored. When we're broken by life's troubles and difficulties and disappointments, that there is health to be found in this thing that we have discovered that we have trusted in God. We have trusted Him in everything. 
We've trusted him and not our own understanding. We've acknowledged him. Now we've turned away from evil. Hasta ahí podemos llegar esta noche. Vamos a continuar la semana que viene. Let's stand together. That's as far as we can get tonight. But I want you to just lift your hands to heaven. And I want you to thank God for health. Thank him for health in your physical body. Health in your emotions. Health in your spirit. And if you don't have health today. Then receive it by faith. Because it's God's will for your life. Father, I thank you today that we are a blessed people. We have testimonies of your goodness in our life. Trusting you is not a waste of time and it's not a risk. Trusting you provides a fountain of youth. A place of renewal and refreshing. Your word says that you give refreshing, refreshment to all of our person. I pray tonight that the waves of the Spirit of God would fall on your people like a torrent of living water. Washing away the debris and the dust and the dirt. And refreshing their soul down to their core tonight. In Jesus name we receive that inundation of the Spirit of God. You are the refresher. You said that times of refreshing will come. And tonight is one of those times. Come on, just receive that wave of God's mercy. That wave of God's love. That wave of God's power washing over you.